0: Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And... We have gotten past this whole election stuff, and we can kind of get our minds back on to everyday things, and for us, that's hockey, and that's the Colorado Avalanche, so I am looking forward to doing a fresh batch of episodes for this week. I don't know about you, but uh, I need something to divert my attention, because uh, last week was pretty crazy, so I'm glad that we have that over and done with, and like I said, now we can get back on to... Uh, Everyday things. Not that that wasn't important, but uh, it it kind of just consumes you. So we today will be doing just that, talking about Colorado Avalanche. And what we have in store today, I'm going to take a look at the Avalanche salary cap situation for next season. And all that that entails, because there's some pretty big UFAs that the Avalanche need to sign What we will see next year might be something completely different, but we will get into that. Uh, We will also get into things that Ryan Clark had said in last week's three-part series with uh, Ryan Clark from The Athletic. If you have not listened to those, definitely go back and listen to those three episodes. Fantastic conversation with Ryan, uh, and he brings some really good hockey knowledge to the program. So, Uh, Definitely go listen to that because I'm going to touch on a couple things of what he had mentioned uh, during those three episodes and talk about some of those on today. So before we get to all that, follow the show on social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche Instagram, search for Lockdown Avalanche and send in any questions, comments, concerns, or opinions to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com and if you send me anything there, we'll Read it on the show and answer anything. So, all right. Next year, well, for, like I should say for this year. Well documented, the Avalanche did very well when it comes to free agency, uh, kind of navigating this this flat cap situation that the the NHL has right now. They've done very well. Uh, not a lot of teams can claim that they have. So, right there, what Joe Sakic has done. It's we've talked about it. Over and over again on the show, and you've if you follow the NHL, you've heard it in those circles as well. The next year for the 2021-22 20, season, you have to take a look at what's going on. And when you really look, uh, it, it what we see this year with this team will probably be the last we see of some certain players on the Avalanche. That can be said for any team. Every year things happen where moves are made, new guys are brought in. Happens with the Avalanche. We saw it this year. But I think the Avalanche were built a little bit different in that they want to really do their best to keep as many guys on this team as possible for multiple years. Joe Sakic doesn't seem to be the guy who wants to constantly move guys in and out while you know that you're going to have to do that in some aspect, he tries to keep it to a minimum. And if you think about it, he kind of did the, this offseason. Brought in Brandon Saad, brought in Devon Taves. And other than that, it it's pretty much the same team. Next year, however, things could get interesting because all of the moves that Joe Sackick has made are with the future in mind. He has a win-now mentality, which of course you want, and this team is built right now to win. But if, for whatever happens, if they win it this year or if they don't, next year is going to look different for a number of reasons. Number one is the expansion draft, which we will get to at the end of the show. I said I was going to talk about some things that Ryan talked about. That is definitely one of them. So, you know, right there, we're, we're going to lose a player. But if you look at some guys that are up for contracts and unre- unrestricted, too, this year, this this offseason that we just had, or this free agency period that we just had, it was majority restricted free agents. That's not the case next year. And all of the moves that Sackick was making, we saw them. They were shorter-term deals with the exception of tapes. He was the only the only one that got a, a longer term deal, when I say long term 4 years. Other than that, it was one and two year deals because they know what they have coming. And when you look at what Gabriel Landeskog is going to want, he's a unrestricted free agent. So so if you look at who the Avalanche probably will not have next year, it's very interesting. Brandon Saad is an unrestricted free agent next year and I think all depending on how he plays in an Avalanche uniform will speak volumes for if they sign him. Now, if he plays well, he he which we assume he will do, number 1 because I think he's a a, a perfect player for their second line and he's on a good team. He's making 5 million dollars this year. If the Avalanche run the table and win it all, he's going to want more. So, And if you want to keep him, you might have to pay up to pay him. So Sod will be interesting after this year. So you're getting him at $5 million. Matt Calvert is unrestricted next year. I don't know if they keep Matt Calvert around. He's making $2.85 million, not a ton of money. So if he wanted to extend, and he's going to be 31 years old at the end of next season. Not not old by any stretch of the imagination, but we know the AVS like to keep things on the younger side. So would they cut ties with Matt Calvert? I think he might be one of those guys that goes because you can, you can save that 2.85, which he's going to probably want that. I don't think you, you can't really go higher because next year is going to be the flat cap again. So you can't really increase his value. So a lot of these moves are going to be guys are leaving and, all of these prospects that you've gained are going to be coming in to the pros. And they're going to have to step in for guys like Matt Calvert. So you'd be saving 2.85 in Calvert. <clears throat> Belmar, 1.8. He'll be 30. Well, he's 35 years old now. So 36 years old by at the end of next season. <clears throat> so 1.8 there. So right there, that's a good chunk of change that you have to sign guys like Gabe Landeskog. Now Ian Cole is also an unrestricted free agent. He's making 4.25 million and he will be 32 at the end of next season. So you have three guys who are, are were very good for the avalanche and they will be for this com- upcoming season. Matt Calvert, Pierre Edward Belmar, Ian Cole, all over 30. All making, you know, decent money 2.85, 1.8, and 4.25. Do the math there. That is $8.9 million that could potentially come off of your cap and come off of your books to put towards guys like Gabe Landiscott. Gabe Landiscott is making $5.5 million. And again, with the flat cap, you, you can you increase him he obviously i think he is going to want an increase i think he deserves one but you can't go 7 8 million for him i mean you just bump him up a half a million dollars and give him 6 million maybe a million dollars 6.5 million for maybe a couple seasons and then you know maybe a a good faith thing because he's in with the avalanche he's the captain say hey once we get past these these flat cap years And uh, if we can cash in with you, we will. But you're also running into Nathan McKinnon's contract if that were to be the case. If you gave him a two-year deal, that's exactly the, the year that Nathan McKinnon is up for free agency. So the other one that you have to consider here is Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr is a restricted free agent after this coming season. And again, I don't think... You can give him in, you know, Miko in money nine point two five. Is he deserving of it? I mean, it's you know, it's still early in his career, but what he's done so far is, I I think fans just want to throw the world at him so he doesn't go anywhere. But he might be him and Landeskog might start making the same amount of money. I would say in that six to seven million dollar range. Uh, I don't think Cal McCarr would say no to that because, like I said, he is a young guy, and uh, while he's proven a lot, I think guys like that in that first contract need to prove they can sustain doing it. So those two guys, a lot of that money, that's why you might lose. You don't want to lose guys like Ian Cole and Calvert, but you might have to to save Gabe Landeskog and Cal McCarr and all those prospects that you socked away and traded for and drafted now Their time will be after this coming season. And also, one more to throw on the mix, Philip Grubauer, unrestricted free agent, $3.3 million. This is a make-or-break year for him in the Avalanche. And if he doesn't put up, the Avs either... Or, or I should say if he's serviceable, the Avs probably sign him back. And depending on what Francois does... If Francos outplays Grubauer, do they slot Francos into that? Save th- another three point three million dollars. So there's a lot of money to be saved. You obviously have to dish that back out to some players, have some prospects come up, and then sign some guys that you know that are going to be in free agency for salary cap friendly deals. It'll be interesting. Yeah, we have to get through this coming season first, and that's what's most important. But Uh, If you're playing GM, these are things that you have to think about. So while you are thinking about those, let's talk about Built Bar. We talk about Built Bar all the time. It is the best tasting energy bar on the market. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, taste more like a candy bar than a protein energy bar. They are for the health conscious guy or girl, lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Most bars have 180 or 130 calories, 19 grams of protein, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. Tastes great. Great for you. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get 20% off of your next order. That promo code is LOCKEDON, and 20% comes off of your first order at BuiltBar.com. Alright, so, like I said, Ryan Clark on the show last week for three episodes. Definitely go back and listen to those if you have not. One of the things that he said that that really stuck out to me, and I'm glad somebody of his stature said it, uh, and Tyson Jost just seems to be the guy that is like the never-ending whipping boy for Avalanche fans. A lot was expected of him when he was drafted. Anybody that's drafted in the top ten uh the, people expect stuff from them and it's taken longer than expected for him to really be that avalanche player that i think the avalanche thought he would be and the fans thought he would be and ryan said some things where he kind of defended i mean he didn't kind of he did he defended tyson jost and he you know we do we kind of sometimes lose sight of the fact that he is only 22 years old, and I think, you know, just being sport fans, we are so conditioned to these guys that come into any league and take it over at such a young age, you know, what like LeBron James did when he was young, and if you want to keep it in hockey, you know, the Connor McDavid's and Sidney Crosby's and, you know, those guys... They're different animals. I am not saying I am expecting Tyson Jost to be that in no way, shape, or form. I don't think the Colorado Avalanche even expected him to be, you know, the savior or anything like that. But I do think they they expect more of him. And I think he expects more of himself. Everybody. Everybody that's involved in this, from the fans to the Avalanche, Brass, to, you know, his teammates, to him. Expect him to play better. I think anybody in that, with the exception of the fans, are are really giving up on him because he is young. And this is a sport where you develop. It's not something like basketball, where basketball is a tough sport. To, you don't develop in basketball for the NBA quickly. You're gone. They will find somebody quickly to take your spot. There is not the... You know, the the minor league system and and the the plethora of leagues that are out there that you can go to in basketball that there is in hockey. Once you're out of the NBA and you play for something like a D-League or something like that, it is you're pretty much done. You you hear about a guy coming out of the D-League once in forever. And that's not necessarily the case for hockey. It, it does happen where guys, they need a little bit more time. You bring them up. You think that they can, you know, perform at a certain level. They don't. You put them back down. They fine-tune things. They come back up. It it happens more in hockey than, than anywhere else. With Tyson Jost, I think the the progression and uh, his, him building up his game, yeah, it's taken longer than than anybody has wanted. But I don't think the Avalanche are... did. And I said this, that they probably were trying to shop him. I think the Avalanche, if they found a right deal, I think they might have taken it. But they just didn't give him up for nothing. And I think that speaks a lot to what the Avalanche think he can do. He got a one-year deal. And this goes back to, yeah, the Avalanche want him to do better. So giving him a 1-year deal is basically his last out and i think that's kind of like maybe the breaking point for Colorado is like you know after this year you'll be 23 years old we'll see what happens and and all of the stuff that i talked about in the first segment about cap space and things like that and needing to allocate money to your premier players he might be back again because if he plays a similar uh, season this year that he did last year, you'll probably get him again for cheap. And I think the Avalanche are okay for what he can do on a fourth line for the money that they're paying him. And they're waiting for him to to break out. Now, for a Tyson Jost to break out is not, you know, 60, 70 points or anything like that. If they get. Anything north of, you know, like a 40-point season from Tyson Jost, I think that's a great step forward for him. And the strange thing is that I think he could do it. I do. Like, he, I, I think he is, uh, the, the the way that he plays the game is a solid style of play. It just hasn't converted into points. I don't really, this is me feeling this way, that I, I don't see him make boneheaded plays on the ice. He just it's not translating into points. So if he's making stupid decisions on the ice and and you know like we always like slap our foreheads when Nikita Zadorov would do something dumb. I don't do that so much with Tyson Jost. Yeah, you just wish that the points would would come and maybe maybe they will. Maybe he just needs to be in the league for as long as he has before Something clicks. And you just hope it clicks this season for him. Cause it seems like everybody likes him. He's a good kid. He plays hard. You can't doubt his his determination when he's out there. So maybe this is something like Burkovsky, where Nathan McKinnon just told him, to shoot. Uh, maybe that's something Tyson Jost needs. And if you put him on a fourth line, he's probably going to be one one of the he's got two teams that have both fourth lines out there he's probably going to be the best player on either one of those fourth lines that's not saying much (laughs) I'm not trying to make that sound like that is uh you know gospel but uh it it is something we'll we we have to just I don't want to say be patient with Tyson Joes because we've been patient enough but like Ryan was saying like guys develop differently in this sport and it took Nathan McKinnon, and that's what we talked about on the show. Nathan McKinnon took a, a couple years to really turn it on. And again, I don't think you're gonna you're not expecting when Tyson Jost turn it on for him to go to Nathan McKinnon levels, but you expect a little bit more. Could happen. Who knows? But I think we would all be pleasantly surprised if it did, and more than happy for a kid who really does put his heart and soul into every shift he's out there. Just gotta start making points. Alright, and the last thing that we were gonna talk about, a couple things, one is Nathan McKinnon, cause why not, it's always fun to talk about Nathan McKinnon, and the other is the expansion draft. Now, we had talked about McKinnon at length, Ryan and I, and we were kinda talking about, I was asking the questions, like why just does he not get the notoriety? You know he and and I had made the comment of every time the Avalanche are on national television and they're playing on NBC and it's the pregame and the announcers are are getting the the fans like ready for the puck drop. And they always talk to you like they're introducing Nathan McKinnon to you for the first time. And it's true. and because I think a lot of people are watching him for the first time. The Avalanche are a small market hockey team. And Ryan said some really interesting things about demographics, like where where they uh, are on the map is kind of, you know, it's a hike to go anywhere. If you're if you're traveling, you know, to out of Denver or into Denver, it's a flight. And, you know, that that's not it's just not the market like L.A. or New York or Chicago are. It's just not going to be that. But the way the world is right now where everything is just, you know, at your fingertips, you would think that Nathan McKinnon would be a little bit more of a household name than just your, you know, regular NHL viewer. I don't watch NBA, obviously, but I I know, you know, who the big names are. I think if you get someone who doesn't really watch the NHL and you throw out the name Nathan McKinnon, they might not know who he is. You throw out Sidney Crosby, they know who he is. Uh, so, and and I had told Ryan, I don't think Nathan McKinnon's jersey sale is in the top twenty. I don't think it's in the top twenty-five. So, does I mean, does a Stanley Cup champion fix all that? It helps it for sure. So, does this? scare anybody when it comes to when he's up for free agency. Is he the type of guy that wants to go to that big market so he becomes a household name? Or is he happy right where he is? I think he's happy right where he is. I don't think he likes the the spotlight and the limelight. I think he likes to be able to do anything that he wants to do on the ice in a market that absolutely adores him uh, rather than you make one mistake in a place like New York or LA or Chicago and you are under a microscope and then they're calling for your head. So I, I, you know, I don't think Nathan McKinnon is going anywhere for a very long time. I think he, he loves where he's at and all of what I'm talking about really means nothing in the end. It really means nothing. Who, who really cares if he's not a household name outside of hockey circles? It matters what goes on in hockey circles, and it matters what goes on in avalanche circles. And for those circles in particular, he he's icon status right now. So why change that? And the other thing that we talked about was the draft, the expansion draft. And I had him put on his uh, Seattle Kraken GM hat, And said, if you're taking someone from the Avalanche, who are you taking? And he went right to defense, which is what I have been saying. He went right to either Graves or Taves. And if if you listen to the show daily, you know I said the same exact thing a couple weeks ago. Where there's a lot of talent on the blue line. And I think the Avalanche are probably going to lose a defender. Now, could they take a guy? He even threw out Ian Cole. And I like again going back to the first segment, if we have to lose Ian Cole, is it because they just don't want to sign him or is it because the Kraken took him? Do they want that elder statesman veteran on the team at a veteran presence on an expansion team? Maybe they go that route. But Ian Cole's a defender. So I think you know, for Ryan to go right, and I didn't preempt him with anything. I just threw the question out and To me, I think that spoke volumes that we're kind of on the same page with where we think the Kraken could potentially go, and that's on the defensive side of things. And like I said, I think we need to get used and and comfortable with the fact that even if it's defender or forward, we're going to lose a guy that does a lot for the Colorado Avalanche and is, has, has a lot of value to the Colorado Avalanche. I think it's going to lean towards Graves, if you ask me. That's preseason prediction. Obviously, I reserved right to change that at any point in time during the season, but I think the Avalanche are going to love what Taves did, and after giving him a four-year deal compared to Graves, would they give him a two-year deal, Looked at a uh, three-year deal. Okay, so you have a three-year deal against a four-year deal. Um, it, we'll, we'll see, but I think, I think Ryan and I are on the same page where the Kraken... When it comes to the avalanche, I think what they have on the defensive side of things would be too good to pass up. Now, whatever they do take, if it is defense, like I said before, the Avs have stockpiled defenders. So one of those guys is going to be forced to come up and take that spot, unless you do something in free agency, of course. But to kind of end the show with how it began, the team that we're going going to see this upcoming season soak it all in because next year, the following year, it's going to all look different. And that's going to be because the expansion draft and the Colorado Avalanche unrestricted free agents that they want to sign and prospects coming up. So enjoy this now and I'm not saying what you know the the, the seasons after this one aren't gonna be successful. they probably will be. The Avalanche still have you know the guts of their team is still very good. but those pieces of the puzzle that I always talk about, it's gonna look a lot different two years from now. So that will be it for today. Get this week started off on the right foot. And uh, if you are tuning in for the first time, thank you. If you are tuning in for the 202nd time, I believe, uh, thank you for tuning in each and every day. Uh, This week we're doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We will be doing that right up until close to the season starts, whenever that may be. And if we have news on that, we'll talk about that tomorrow, or Wednesday as well. But definitely check out Locked On NHL for... Any updates going on around the league. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow. Here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go.